Good morning. I'm Pastor Mary Eileen. We've come to the time in our worship where we lift up our prayers to God. And so the, I would like you to join me in the call to prayer. And this is a responsive call to prayer. And I will say a line and we will respond with the words, hear our prayer, O Lord. Eternal and loving God, deep is our desire for what is true and enduring. Deep is our need to see clearly. Hear our prayer, O Lord. You are the root of love, the source of wisdom, and the path of right living. Hear our prayer, O Lord. In you we live and breathe and have our being. Hear our prayer, O Lord. You are the beginning and the end of all things. Our thoughts cannot comprehend your mystery. Hear our prayer, O Lord. And now I would like for you to take a moment of silent prayer and to lift up your prayers to the Lord and to review the prayers that are on the screen for others. God of the universe and all that is in it, we bring ourselves to you in prayer. We come with gratitude for your presence in our lives, ever thankful for the breath of life and your provident care as you walk with us in all our comings and goings. Because you are in our comings and goings, we ask for your care to reach into the lives of Steve Elliott, Mary Whitley, Grant Harlow, Ruby, and those affected by the COVID-19 virus. Lord, you know all that is needed in each case, in each case for each individual. You know what they need to be made whole again in body, mind, and spirit. We ask you to meet each person in their need, providing rejuvenation so their lives may be lived more fully. Because you are in our comings and goings, O Lord, we call upon you to bring your comfort and care to those who continue to rebound from all the natural disasters across our nation. On this day, we especially lift up those who must now rebuild their lives in the aftermath of Hurricane Laura. May your compassion as the May your compassion as the rebuilding of lives take shape be evident in those who aid those affected by the destruction left behind. May the necessary resources be made available for those who have been deeply affected and unable to return to their home. Place in their paths those who will encourage and help them as they put the pieces of their lives back together. Because you are in our comings and goings, provident God, we pray again for our nation and the world as continued unrest abounds. We pray for your common peace to become a reality so we can concentrate on the problems we face in order to overcome the injustices that are present. May your spirit enter into our hearts to open us up to the ways you call us to be a part of the solution as we seek to find equitable ways that will guide us to overcome injustice in all shapes and forms. 
Give us the strength to be persistent in our pursuit of justice for all, because we are all made in your image, created to live abundant lives in unity and love with one another as your children. Because you are in our comings and goings, we give you praise and thanks as we share in this worship today. Through this worship, guide us more fully into being your people in order that we may truly live the words that Jesus taught us to pray as his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's not fair. It's just not fair. Not fair, not fair, not fair. Godwin, what are you so angry about? Well, it's my friend Ocho the octopus. Remember we went over to his house when Dad's ring was lost in the toilet? Yes, I remember. Why are you mad at Ocho? Did he do something to you? Ocho's dad is taking him to Wesney World this summer. Wesney World? Yeah, you know, the really cool place with the rides and the fairy tale characters. You mean Disney World? Disney World is for humans, Miss Olivia. That'd be a very dangerous place for a bird. All those big feet, I'd get squashed. Wesley World is fuzzy wasn't like Ocho and me. Except Ocho has been there twice and I've never, ever, ever been. Mom says it's too expensive. He's going to ride the super rocket and shake hands with Scraps or Raccoon again. And I won't. It's not fair. I hate Ocho. Hmm. It sounds to me like a commandment is being broken here. Wow! You mean there's a commandment that says, Thou shalt not have a really, really, really good time and your friends can't? Uh, no, Godwin. Well, there should be! I'm talking about, I'm not talking about Ocho, I'm talking about you. Me? I'm not doing anything wrong. It's Ocho, or Ocho's dad for taking him. They're making my mom and my dad for not taking me. They're ruining my life. Come on, kids. Maybe we can help Godwin out here. Can you kids help Godwin figure out which commandment he's breaking? That's right. It's you shall not covet. Covet? That means you shouldn't be angry or jealous over the things that other people have. There are commandments about how you should feel? How come? That's not hurting anybody. It's hurting you, Godwin. Ocho isn't taking anything away from you by going and doing something fun himself. Yesterday, you were happy about your life and your parents and the things you had. None of that has been changed by Ocho getting to do something fun. What's ruining your life is your jealousy about it. God doesn't want people to be unhappy about the things they don't have. God wants us to be grateful for the things we do have. Do you understand? I understand. I'm a bad bird. And on top of everything, God will be mad at me for breaking the commandments. Oh, Godwin, you're not a bad bird. God didn't give us the Ten Commandments just to tell us we're bad. God gave them to us to help us know how he wants us to live. Sometimes following the commandments is very difficult. God knows that. That's why he gave us Jesus, his son. And when you were baptized, you were washed clean. God forgives you, but his laws still show us how he wants us to live. Okay, well, thanks, Miss Olivia. You're the best. Thank you, Godwin. Next up is the scripture for today. Our 
I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You must have no other gods before me. Do not make an idol for yourself. Do not use the Lord your God's name as if it were of no significance. Remember the Sabbath day and treat it as holy. Honor your mother and your father. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not testify falsely against your neighbor. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Well, Mary Eileen and I are privileged to be here today as what we like to think of as the anchor position. As we come to the last in the series of messages, God is still speaking the Ten Commandments for today. Do not desire your neighbor's house. Do not desire and try to take your neighbor's wife male or female servant, ox, donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. This is how the Tenth Commandment is translated in the Common English Bible, and we're using that translation because it's very good, very understandable, and because we've used it all through this series. But many of us know the Tenth Commandment can have slightly different wording depending on the Bible translation that we use. Some translations use the word covet, where the CEB uses the word desire. And while the word desire is probably more understandable, the word covet that is used in so many translations ended up helping me to better understand this last commandment. Now, I guess it's a kind of a cliche for a preacher to say, I looked it up in the dictionary, but I did. I looked up the word covet and learned that to covet is to desire inordinately or culpably. Well, that was a big help. But after going back to the dictionary and looking up culpable and inordinately, I realized that to covet is to unreasonably desire in a harmful way something that belongs to another. So this commandment is really a warning about the destructive power of desire. It's about the narcissistic need to accumulate property that is so strong that the lives of those from whom the property is taken and the lives of those who are bound to that property are not just negatively affected, but actually diminished. The people who first received these commandments understood that the main object of desire in question was the neighbor's house or estate. And that household would include the neighbor's wife, who actually was seen as property in that culture. Just as were all the household slaves and livestock, well, all the property of the estate. And from the viewpoint of today, we're shocked when we learn about that old cultural attitude about women. And I'm well aware that we could have an entire message just about that. And, it, and here it is just a few days after the annual anniversary of women's suffrage, and it would be a great time to do that. However, we're thinking about the Tenth Commandment today, so we'll just have to take on that challenge another time. But we can see from this short list of household members that are given 
in the commandment that many lives could have been radically changed. And with no guarantee, it would be for the better. Spouses and children, household servants, even the livestock might experience some kind of life-altering change when a powerful patriarch desired the property of another to the extent that they were willing to just rip it away. I think we all know that this sin of unreasonable desire that is harmful to others is not something that has been left in the ancient past. It's just as relevant today as it was the day that this commandment was written. God's concern then, as now, is for for those who lack power in those kinds of situations. They are the ones who suffer when the desires of those who have power and control get out of control. What are some examples of suffering that come from uh, out-of-control desire in our world today? Well, one that comes immediately to mind is war. Your country has it. Our country wants it. We're going to take it. In this case, it's national desire out of control, of course, and we all uh, might remember or at least have heard something about the wars fought by our parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents. Now, my parents lived through the chaos, misery, loss, and sacrifice of World War II. And that was the result of a ruthless leader filled with raging desire. It's hard to imagine that a previously unheard of German soldier of actually low rank named Adolf Hitler brought so much pain and suffering to the entire world. And it all started with the desire to reclaim national glory and recapture land from France and other countries that had been lost by Germany in World War I. But it didn't end with that coveting of land and glory. It grew to encompass such desire for control and power that he began to think of himself as if he had some kind of godlike power and millions suffered. Well, that's about nations and clearly an extreme example. But this commandment speaks to all of us at every level, right down to the personal, right down to you and me. What happens when we are not content with what we have and decide that we deserve more of what someone else has? What happens if we come to believe that what we covet, what we greatly desire, we are completely entitled to take? It seems to me that if something whatever it may be, becomes that important, our experience of the nature of that thing can change. It, in effect, can become an idol, a false god. This commandment speaks to the idolatry that can come out of our own desires. It doesn't seem too far a stretch to see how that kind of idolatry might lead to crossing the lines laid down by some of the other commandments. That's why I find it helpful to look at God's Ten Commandments as a reminder about boundaries. These particular boundaries are very important for us to know and to observe. For at our creation, God gave us the gift of free will. Free will is the best of gifts and at the same time, the worst of gifts. We are gifted with the ability 
to make our own decisions, either good or bad. And I think with the Ten Commandments, God gives us a list of boundaries to help us manage this powerful gift of free will. Also, if you look at the creation story, God formed us in God's image. And that God spark is still in each of us, waiting to guide us as we struggle with our free will. Using that gift, we can reach deep inside and find the hidden treasure of abundance and goodness and love that God has placed there and let it be the food that fuels our desire, but a different kind of desire, a meaningful relationship with God and neighbor. But we'll have to work at it every day for learning and keeping God's boundaries is truly a lifelong endeavor. Amen. Each week, we take a moment during the service to spotlight a ministry that is supported by your faithful giving. This week, we'd like to spotlight Kids Hope, a mentorship ministry partner with White River Elementary. Our partnership with White River has allowed us to provide food, school supplies, and mentors for the elementary students that continues even amidst the pandemic. This year, with the extenuating circumstances, Kids Hope has been utilizing Zoom to meet with students and plans to move forward with a pen pal style program, keeping mentors connected. If participating with Kids Hope is something you are interested in, please do contact the church office. For other opportunities to serve, we invite you to check the Opportunities to Serve tab on either our website or the church app. And if you're looking for something you can do, eating is always a good option, as you've heard about our farm-to-table dinner with Teeter, offering both an in-person, which has limited supply, as well as a takeout option to help support Teeter Farm. And now, as we enter into our time of offering, which is available online through our church app or by mailing a check to the church office, please join me in a prayer of blessing. God, as we come before you again this morning, as we worship your holy name, we ask that you bless these offerings, these gifts, these tithes, and use them for your kingdom and the expansion of your love. We thank you for the opportunity to serve you and grow your kingdom here on earth. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine all the time. Let it shine. Hallelujah. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of Everywhere I go, I'm going 
the commandment that says not to covet or desire whatever belongs to your neighbor. I remember Pastor Matt saying to Paul and me that at our age, there was not anything that we probably coveted anymore. I have been reflecting on Matt's statement. In one way, Matt is correct. I really do not covet others' property at this stage in my life, although in my younger years that may have been so, as I desired, like many others, to achieve the American dream of success, which includes money, property, and status, something that is instilled in us at a very young age. In and of itself, there is nothing wrong with desiring all those things. But when we are propelled into investing ourselves too much into the pursuit of those, it can drive us, or at the very least, impede us in developing a right relationship with God and others. I believe we have heard that the Ten Commandments are all about relationships, with the most important relationship being our relationship with God. Hence, the first four commandments deal with that relationship, and the six last commandments deal with our relationships to others. God says to us, If I am your God, whom you believe leads you in your daily life, just as I led the Israelites out of bondage to safety, then you will keep my commandments. These commandments provide us the framework to live life as God's people who care for one another so much that we want only what is best for each other. I believe commandment number 10, thou shall not covet or desire, is one we need to pay attention to because it is when we covet we fail to live the other nine. Our relationship with God and others gets out of whack. I am not the only one who thinks this. In my study of this sermon, this ideal was lifted up by other scholars, one of them being Chris Hedges in his book, Looking Moses, I'm sorry, Losing Moses on the Freeway. In that book, he states that the Ten Commandments are not to protect us from evil, but to protect us from committing evil. They help us to keep in check the dark impulses in ourselves, which can lead to even darker impulses that have terrible consequences. Where do our dark thoughts arise? Within ourselves. Jesus reminds us of this in the Gospel of Mark in the seventh chapter, in a discussion he is having about the dietary laws with his disciples, Jesus shares these words, saying, It is from the inside, from the human heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual sins, thefts, murders, adultery, greed, evil actions, deceit, unrestrained immorality, envy, insults, arrogance, and foolishness. All of these evil things come from the inside and contaminate a person in God's sight. In other words, we think on these things before we act on them. 
J. Eggard Park in the Interpreter's Bible says, the Hebrew word covet means to indulge in thoughts which tend to lead to actions named in the commandments. He goes on further to say the Greek translation of the same word means to set one's heart upon a thing. This is what coveting is all about. Our coveting begins within our thoughts and our hearts as we nurture our desire for something. Remember, it's okay to desire something and and use it as motivation to reach our end goals, to live a better life, But but only as long as we do no harm to others or even yourself in the process. Remember, according to Jesus, the greatest two commandments of all, which fulfill all of God's commands, are to love, the God with all, to love God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. This brings me back to Pastor Matt's words about Paul and me not coveting anything at this age in our lives. I do covet things in my life, but the things that I covet now are more abstract than material. But even abstract longings can lead one down a dark path to discontentment if one is not careful. Let me share with you one simple example from my life. I covet or desire family time. And sometimes I lament about how little time we have together, even though I know my children and their children have their own lives to live. Plus, not everyone lives close by. On my best days, I am okay with this, but there have been times when I have tried to gather us together as a family, and my children and my grandchildren inform me it's just not doable in their schedules. And sometimes, instead of accepting this, I begin to grumble and grouse, and then I find anger creeping into myself. And I say to myself, I do not understand why they are not interested in spending time with mom or dad and grandma and grandpa. If I'm not careful, I could destroy or murder our relationship by becoming vocal about the situation. It is at those times that I try to remember the words of the Apostle Paul found in the fourth chapter of Philippians to think on the good things in our relationship and to be content with the wonderful relationship we really have and all the time that we do spend together. By doing this, I do not allow my desire to rise up and to overwhelm me and to cause me to say something that might destroy the wonderful relationships we do have. I choose, I choose to use my free will to guide my heart and thoughts to the positives of our relationship in order to abate the temptations to go down the path that could kill our family relationships if I acted upon my negative thoughts. As we grow older, we do value our time with our loved ones more than anything else. If we covet that time too obsessively and act on some of our feelings in a negative way, it can destroy our family relationships. Now, this example may seem trivial to some, but it is very real to some families. But it does drive across the point of the need for us to be aware of how our desires might lead us 
to ruin relationships with others and with God. Once again, there is nothing wrong with desiring good things in our life, but when it comes, but when it causes harms to others, you have disobeyed God's command to love others as you love yourself and to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. So my challenge this morning, as we prepare to leave this place, as we look around in the world at all of the issues that are before us, I would ask that you ponder about the things you desire in your life. And as you ponder, are they leading you to self-destruction? Are they leading you to destroy others? Or are they leading you to help others to live life? For it is God's desire that we all have a good and abundant life. And if we look at that as our aim, as we covet and desire things in life, my friends, this world will be a better place. Amen. continue to venture into our week of ministry here at Noblesville First. First of all, we want to remind you that we have online worship always available at 9.30 on Sundays or worship with us out at Teeter Farm, 8.15 or 10 o'clock every Sunday. On August 30th at 2 o'clock, we'll have our confirmation service. So to the later today, tune in or join us out at Teeter Farm for confirmation. The mom sale for Mission Guatemala, the deadline is August 28th and pickup is September the 10th. So make sure to order your moms and support our Mission Guatemala project. Teeter Farm to Table dinner tickets now for sale for September the 11th. If you'd like to purchase a ticket, go to noblesvillefirst.com. Carry out options and a dine-in option are available. Please support the Teeter mission to reduce food insecurity. The Bags, Baskets, and Blessings Reimagined. Please join us for online shopping and support our UNW mission. Order your Be the Bridge, Pursuing God's Heart for Racial Reconciliation book by Latasha Morrison at your favorite online source so you can participate fully with our three-week worship series, Be the Bridge, which begins September the 9th. If you'd like to register for the Crop Walk, 
please find the link to register as a walker or donate to our team. That's foundandnoblesfirst.com. It's a virtual walk, so you can walk wherever you wish or walk in spirit. Hi, I'm Linda Davies, and Tom and I have walked the crop walk in Noblesville ever since we've been here, and our church has promoted it. This year, it's different. Why? Because of COVID. And it's going to be called a virtual walk. Virtual means that we're not going to actually go to a particular place and walk a certain route. No, each of us gets to choose how we're going to walk. And someone told me, really, it's a spiritual walk. And yes, that is the way it is. It's however it touches your heart. Just as Jerry mentioned on Sunday, you can walk around your house or you can walk in a park. You really can choose even to not walk. All you have to do is sign up and register. And it's so easy this year. All you do is go to our church's website, noblesvillefirst.com, and you scroll down until you see the little box that says Crop Walk. You click on it. Scroll down a little further until it says Walk and Donate. After that, you go up to the top of the page and it says either Register or Donate. It's just that easy. When you register, Again, there are some links to help you. All you have to do is um, copy and paste. I did it, put a notice on Facebook, and then I uh, copied and pasted, put a little note for some people that I sent an email to, to, and I'm already halfway to my goal. Be creative this year. Our dog, Peaches, always walks with us, so I made her a little outfit. We were walking a few weeks ago, and one of our neighbors said, I'll sponsor Peaches for $100. I said, I'll put her name on her dress, and it's Marsha Kiesker. So, I mean, just be creative. Make phone calls. And let's say you don't have a computer. Well, you can still participate. Call the church office, and they'll give you the address and who to make the check payable to. So it's just that easy. Come, join us. Let's have fun. We want to have more people this year than we have ever had and we want to raise more money this year than we ever have even though it's a virtual walk the need is real people are hungry here in noblesville and they're hungry around the world thanks god bless and now as we prepare to leave this place go forth with the heart's desire to serve god and others so that indeed everyone will share abundantly in the life that God wants us to have. Go in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.